Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your transformation coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life and your business, your health, fitness, mindset and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. I'm in the mobile studio, I'm heading back from the airport actually and uh, apologise if there's a little bit of noise, obviously we've got a little road noise here but there's also rain because it's, um, it's raining first time in a little while too. Uh, so apologize about that. Hey, I wanted to uh, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, from time to time I talk about it because it is such an important topic and uh, it's particularly relevant for myself. It's a bit of a self-reflection, I suppose, because um, for decades I stayed within my comfort zone. Why? Because you're scared. What are you scared of? You're scared of rejection, scared of failure, scared of facing your limiting beliefs and getting out there out of the comfort zone makes you feel uncomfortable obviously and that doesn't feel good but when you condition yourself differently it makes the world a difference and I would liken it to this we don't like pain generally speaking people will move away from pain put the hand on the stove ouch You won't do that again. Not by choice, anyway. So we're conditioned from a very, very early age, babies, to move away from pain. And so what it takes, if you look at the heroes, uh, the sports people that really step it up a notch and uh, when you think that they're beaten into the, the ground, beaten to a pulp, they find another level and they win the day. They save the save the girl, save the planet, whatever it is, and they become a hero in that moment. And we need to be that hero for ourselves because I found that uh, those little voices inside my head which stop me from doing, uh, you know, pushing too far and doing those things, it's, it's funny because as a, an 11-year-old, I was such a focused little boy to practice the bagpipes every single day because I was determined to be the best in the world. I was doing what other people weren't doing, certainly in my area. I I wasn't around other world champions, but I was determined and I knew that with it. And it's funny, at the age of 11, I, I just knew that if I worked harder than everybody else, and there was a young guy that was learning at the same time, we joined on exactly the same night. My first goal was to beat him was to learn things faster than him. And he would come back the next week and he may learn a scale, this is like most musical instruments, you learn scales first. And if we were given like two scales, my goal by the next week was to have them off by memory and to to be playing them uh, very well. And so that, why? So they would give me more. Then I'd get the next scales and the next scales and then I'd get the first piece of music and you would learn, like you'd get the whole piece of music and you would have to learn the first, say, two lines and play those by the next week. So what I would do is learn the whole thing. I'd practice the whole thing and then I'd just get better and better and better. Because I was just determined. I wanted to, I wanted to achieve success at a faster rate than the guy that I was competing with. And it took about three weeks and he was gone. Like I was so far ahead that I had to be put in a different class. So that was pretty cool but as I got older when it came to that same focus 
it, it, I don't know, I suppose it waned. I was struggling as a student. I wasn't a great student. Why? Because the way that they taught me to learn, I couldn't grasp it. And so what I, the way that I got through was rope learning and just memory. Memorizing everything. Even if I didn't, didn't understand it, my goal was to just remember it. And of course, that's not an awesome strategy because if what would be better is if you understood it rather than just remembered it. And uh, that got me through for a while until I, I really got to uni and then discovered that actually there are better ways to do this. And I'm, I thrived more in uni because I, by the time I got to that stage, I'd understood the best way for me to study and rope learning and repetition was the key for me and the right way of writing notes and I perfected it even now. I'm, I still work every day to think, okay, what's a better way of recording this to track it, to remember it, etc., to learn it, to understand it. But I was also uh, studying subjects that I wanted to learn. Like I didn't have to worry about the English, the history and, you know, doing those types of subjects and I'm like, why are we doing this? You know, it doesn't resonate with me. I, I don't get it. And it was just really hard work. And numbers worked for me. I understood that. Very left-brain thinking and, you know, formulas. What I liked about the formulas uh, and mathematics was, here's a problem, here's the formula, and guess what? Every time you plug it into the formula and you understand the formula, you come out with the right answer. And so that worked really well for my left-brain. Doing an art work which there was no right or wrong answer to uh, which ironically is what my girls are really great at I sucked at it I was just no good at it and anyway so I went on and I, I um, you know got my my qualification then I got a graduate um, scholarship I became a graduate no scholarship's not the right word but I became part of the graduate program with Coopers and Lybrand now PricewaterhouseCoopers. My goal was to uh, get a couple of, of job offers, an idea, I got one with uh, Deloitte Ross Tomatsu, I think it was at the time, or it might have been just Deloitte Ross, and um, I ended up taking the Coopers one. My next goal was to uh, go into water, which I did, and then become a chartered accountant, uh, which I did, and through that process realized that working in a chartered accounting firm really sucked, again, <laughs> Uh, I didn't like the culture, I didn't like the work, and I, in that place, I found that, again, I, I wasn't in my element. It didn't come naturally to me. There were people that started as graduates at the same time as me. They were moving through the organisation faster than me. They were smarter than me. They grasped concepts, uh, you know, better than me. They moved into, they were better at um, building relationships than uh, than me as well. I wasn't a social person. I didn't know how to network at that stage. And uh, yeah, I just didn't thrive in that, that environment. And so I stayed in my comfort zone, which was just try and get through. And then one day you'll find that job that you really like. Maybe you'll move back to Bendigo. It's a little bit quieter and everything. And you can you know, just earn good money doing your thing. And, and that's it. And so I left Coops. I went to other organisations. Again, kind of stayed in my comfort zone because... Well, that's not entirely true. I mean, I put my hand up for all kinds of different roles and, and so forth to try and 
find what I was really good at. And I was really good at certain things. And I was good at building the communicate, uh, building the relationships through communication. Uh, but at the same time, if I was doing those roles now, wow, would I be like delivering so much more of a wow experience for all the people that I that worked for me and those that I worked for as well. But you don't know what you don't know, and you're learning all the way through your journey through your career. And so I am grateful for that. And I remained hungry, and that's the, that's the key. I remained hungry to find what it is that I was really going to love. And then, of course, I found it, and I'm doing what I'm, I'm doing now. But then I would find that there have been times where things are going really well. You know, the clients are coming in. You don't have to do a lot of marketing, but I'm always marketing, and the clients are just coming. But then when there are the tough times, like we had COVID, so what did I have to do? I had to pivot. I had to completely redesign everything the way that I did it and it was through that that I decided to double down on getting out of my comfort zone and that's forced me to work hard every single day to build uh, relationships and nurture those relationships and look honestly from time to time when things are going really well I can find myself slipping back into that a bit of that complacency mode but this weekend that I've just come back from in Canberra is a, a good example of stepping outside the comfort zone. And so, you know, the recording these podcasts, again, was a, a me stepping out of, my po- out of my podcast zone, I was going to say. I'm in the podcast zone. And stepping out of my comfort zone because I was not confident in public speaking. And I thought, I want to speak on world stages. Well, how do I do that? Well, I need to have a platform in which I can practice. And so, like, right then, I paused. Now, in, even if you listen back to probably my first hundred or so episodes, I would fill that space with filler words or just going, um, or so, or this and that, and you're just making up sentences that are just like, this isn't adding any value at all. Whereas now, I can get the, the words flowing, the thoughts flowing better, and it sounds uh, much more polished than I first started. And so if I hadn't started the, these podcasts, I wouldn't have that confidence to when people ask me to, hey, can you come along to my group or like this weekend, I'd love to get you to the conference. Now, this was about 12 months in the making. Um, so it's an old client of mine. Um, he's my lawyer. Uh, you know, we've remained uh, connected and close for probably 13 years now. He said to me uh, 12 months ago, after I had done a, a rock-solid presentation at uh, a networking, uh, networking group we both attended, and he said, now, he rang me, he said, now, I've been thinking, this is what I'd like you to do in 12 months' time. He said, absolutely. No hesitation at all, though I trust him, know the audience, um, asked about the timing, so it wasn't a clash, it was a long way in advance. I said, absolutely, I will do it. And he said, great. And so then as the event got closer, obviously more and more timing, um, sorry, more and more planning involved with it. And so then it came to the weekend. If you go back and listen to the last couple of days, I talked about uh, staying curious and uh, really stepping outside my comfort zone. And what's good at these events and where you're a speaker. And like, uh, my goal was to deliver a wow experience, which I did. And then if there's an, an expo as well, and you're promoting that during the times that you're on stage. I was fortunate to have uh, three time slots, not just one. 
it gave me an opportunity to market myself a little, even if it was only for 30 seconds, to say, hey, come and see me at the expo. I'm selling my books, they're $30. And uh, yeah, $5 goes towards uh, the Rotary Foundation. Um, so yeah, come and see me. And just by doing that, uh, you know, people uh, get excited, they get, um, you know, you're delivering great content. People coming up to me saying what a great job it was and how great it was for me uh, to meet me. And then I was thinking about what are some other ways that I can have all these touch points with the audience throughout the whole weekend so that I had a really big presence. And my goal was to have more of a presence than any other speaker there. So because they were managing this conference through an app called Hoover, as in H-O-O, no, H. Let me start again. WHO, can't speak like World Health Organization, with VA at the end, so I think you pronounce it Hoover. Great little app. Uh, what that enabled me to do was to start marketing myself before we got to the event. So I set up my booth virtually in there. I did put more things in there than anybody else, more than anyone else. And I have books for sale and I was talking about the free offers, okay, giving people free uh, consultations. I put a video in there, all the links, the content that I was speaking about. I had flyers, I gave a free report, free recipe book, all this kind of stuff. So I was like, wow, look at all that stuff he's, he's putting up. And I put a, a bunch of photos in there as well, which I didn't realize that they went out to everybody. I thought they were people that came to my booth and uh, virtually and could see them all but no that wasn't the case they all saw them because people were saying well you're the person that's posting all these photos I said, oh wow okay I didn't realize you're all seeing those and then I also created four polls for people to see which again I didn't think they would see until my session time but no they saw them all uh, before the event actually started and so I had a great lot of content uh, in there and great bits of engagement. Now, not everybody completed the surveys, but I think about half the audience, I oh, know that's not true. Yes, half the audience that were using the app, as you can see how many are on it, uh, completed the surveys. And so that gave me uh, some insight into what they were thinking, what were their challenges, etc. And so I would report back with each session. So, these are the results of the surveys and wow, you know, these are the challenges that you're having. So I made it very relevant so I'm staying engaged with them. Two sessions, I was invited to a, a very swish event at the, the Grand Ballroom of Parliament House. I, I said yes to that because I thought, wow, how many opportunities do you get to go to the Ballroom of Parliament House? Not many. So I, I said a, an immediate yes to that. Now again, stepping out of my comfort zone, I only knew a couple of people there and they would have been sitting at another table. So that meant that I was going to be stuck um, or placed at a, a table because it was all reserved seating where I'd be just sat with people that I didn't know. But going with an open mind and knowing that these Rotarians are often extremely successful people in their community. Like you've got uh, judges, you've got lawyers, you've got uh, people that have had very, very senior roles in community and in government and often very, very wealthy people that are now donating uh, some of their time uh, back to the community because the community has been good to them, so they're now donating um, you know, their time back. So what does that mean? You just never know who the heck you're going to sit next to. And I think I, I spoke about this uh, yesterday, or well, yesterday's podcast. 
about the, the gentleman and his wife that I sat next to and spent a, a fantastic evening with them. They were on my left and then on the right I had another couple and it's very loud so it's hard to talk beyond, you know, over the, these big tables where you got 10 people or so. Uh, but it was such a good night. It was such a good night. And again, I could have just sat there and not communicated with anyone. Um, you know, the guy that invited me along, he got me up on that dance floor and I was, you know, dancing with a few of the people there and um, again, just connecting in different ways uh, with people. And then they remembered that uh, today. And then also today, um, I, realizing that uh, a whole bunch of people had very late nights and heavy nights, I, uh, I'll post, um, by the time you see this, there might be some photos on, on my social media, but um, I jumped up on stage with uh, my last presentation with, uh, uh, it was empty, but you know, like one of those travel uh, mugs, uh, making out that there was coffee in it, I had sunglasses on, and for the first minute or so I was, uh, you know, saying, look, all the people out there that are, are battling with, you know, a hangover or something, and then I launched into my energy one, so it's a bit of fun getting people up and moving around each session and interacting with the crowd. Uh, it, like just really, really cool. So I worked the crowd, I worked the relationships, and I did a lot of planning before I went there, thinking, all right, this is what I'm going to lay down. Now, if this happens and it's not received well, etc., then I need to tweak it. I need to be observant of you know the body language in the audience, who's participating and getting up, and uh, everybody got up. Everybody got involved. We had fun with it. I wanted to play like the YMCA type music uh, for each session, but when I got there, uh, they said uh, to me that there's licensing issues and I don't have a license to play that. I said, well, what do you have a license to play? And uh, we worked around, I got some royalty-free music and then, uh, you know, they had um, some other music that we could use and, and, yeah, it was really cool. It was very impromptu and, you know, when it was ready, I, I pre-warned them and I said, hey, Mr. DJ, can you play the music for us now? And then we did that for about 30 seconds and, uh, you know, it worked really, really well. And I built some really great relationships and all of that came from me stepping out of my comfort zone. So that was a long-winded uh, little story there to to tell you that back 12 months ago when Marcus Mermaid said to me will you do the speaking gig and I'm like oh gee I'm not sure and you went through all your limiting beliefs and said look can I get back to you and and I just said no none of what just happened over the weekend would have happened and the relationships that will flow from that the impact that I had I mean people will be talking about it for a long time and I would be surprised if I didn't get an invite back to the one next year. I would really be surprised. Um, so they rotated around different uh, like clubs to, to run the annual event. I think the next one looked like it's gonna be down in Victoria and Warnable. I'd be really surprised if I don't get an invite uh, to that and other events. So um, it all comes from getting out, getting out of your comfort zone. And I will tell you what it's done for my confidence as well, in terms of that confidence from speaking to the uh, from the stage and knowing that before the planning that went in uh, to what I'd predicted the audience would want, what they would want to listen to, the content, and really hitting the mark with it. Uh, that makes me proud of my my thinking style. 
and my ability to plan and my ability to step out outside of that comfort zone because there would have been a time when I just would have said no way uh, but now you know I will I heard this saying years ago I'll speak at the opening of an envelope you know I just love to love to share my message and so I take it all away and I think it makes me want to do more it makes me want to uh, do more of this speaking it makes me want to build more relationships reach out to more people because I can see that people really resonate with me I have a gift to be able to you know pass on my message to people and so I then think about how can I improve because yeah it was a great event but there are things that I can do better so I did three talks uh, my middle one I just felt that I didn't bring enough energy to that I I had 10 minutes and I got to about the seventh minute mark and I'm like almost like having an out-of-body experience and I, you know I'm my own worst critic I suppose but I'm standing outside in the audience looking back at the stage thinking in slow motion this is really crap you was you could do so much better here this was nowhere near as good as your first session and that was very very true and I so if I was doing a similar thing again I'd really got to have a look at that middle session and say hmm I need to put more more power more pizzazz into uh, that session and so I learned I did learn from that because I thought okay so then for this third session because they were all one following each other and so my middle one was so my first one I'll tell you what they were my first one was about uh, you know how you optimize your health and that the five fundamental things that you need to get right on I won't go over what they are here the second session was about continuous improvement making sure that you are continually improving yourself now I think the topic was right it's just that I felt I need to do it better the because my health and wellness and fitness and stuff is and nutrition is is just so um, I'm so passionate about that and I talk to people about it so often it it probably makes me a bit more creative in that space the continuous improvement one it's like yes you made some really good points but I could just feel the energy dropping in in uh, the room because you know I'm like okay same topic but how do you make more fun of it I suppose have more fun with it and then the last session uh, was about energy management and then kind of tying everything in together and so I was much happier with the last session I learned from the second one said okay you can't let that happen again so how do we have more fun with it everybody wants to be entertained and I guess that was what I did in the first session it's what I did in the last session I didn't do it as much in the second session that's probably actually a really good way of explaining it I didn't entertain in the second session I educated and and inspired but I didn't entertain and I think with the short sharp message you've got to entertain people and uh, that would be the, my takeaway from that so you know you, you live and learn and you just want to make it better and better and better I'm sure if I did the same presentation to you know 10 different crowds I'd probably do it a little bit differently each time uh, because I would get better at it so all of that comes from stepping outside your comfort zone so you know I had a few extra hours at the airport tonight uh, to uh, you know plan out my week ahead and you should see what I've got planned uh, for the week ahead it's pretty powerful and I've also got uh, my 
my day tomorrow planned out. And that's in amongst the crisis of my daughter. She's out of hospital, uh, thankfully. Uh, but managing her out of hospital can be really, really tricky. Um, and she's in a, you know, still not in a, a great place, so it can be really hard. And uh, you know, she could go back into hospital this week. So it, you know, it's, there's a lot going on there. And so tomorrow, I think I've got something like 12 appointments. I have a lot on with clients, and I've got a bunch that I need to do in there in between, as well as staying really connected with my girls. Uh, so tomorrow's a jam-packed. But I'm so I, you know, I'm sitting in the airport thinking, all right, so how can I be more productive this week? What are the extra connection points? Who are the relationships I'm going to build this week? Um, so there's a, I'll say he's a minor celebrity. He's um, you know, made a. Uh, a video I'll tell you uh, once I, I send it um, this guy is very very unique and I saw his movie I thought wow this is amazing I can really relate to this guy and so um, I bought some it'll make sense when I tell you uh, maybe in a couple of days time once I've done it uh, but I bought uh, a costume effectively and I thought how do I get this guy I want to get him on my podcast so I think it'd be really he's got a really great story and I thought, right, I'm going to buy this outfit in a theme that he is so passionate about. I'm going to record a little video and send it to him as my invite to have him on my show and see if that hits the, the right place with him or not. And that's something that I want to do by this time, because it's Sunday, by this time next week, I want to be saying, I've done it and I've got a positive response. Uh, no one that I've ever asked has said no to my podcast, but I haven't reached out to a person like this before, um, so it'll be quite interesting. Uh, so you know, I've got a big, big week ahead. So again, doing that and doing the video and dressing up and stuff, so it's having fun and it's, uh, it's stepping outside my comfort zone uh, because we can be fearful of rejection. But if, if I never ask, the answer is always no. But if I go to some effort, have some fun with it, then it's going to be 50%. Now, it's 50% better odds than 100% no. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you can either say yes or you can say no. And so uh, that's something I'm going to do uh, this week as well as a bunch of other things too. So I'm almost at my daughter's place, so I'm going to go and see see them, even though it's, um, it's, uh, you know, it's about 20 past nine at night and I'm really tired. Uh, I want to see them. Um, before I go to bed uh, so uh, stay safe everybody stay healthy step out get out of that comfort zone and just see what you can do life is beautiful see you tomorrow